For many, spending 10 years in federal prison isn't just a 10-year sentence, but it'd be a life sentence, something that most would be too hurt to bounce back from. Today's guest, Mike Morawski, talks about embracing his past, how he didn't let it define his future, and how you can bounce back from tremendous setbacks. We'll hear from Mike after a bit of information about us. This is Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate, where we guide you through the relentless pursuit of financial independence. I'm your host, Justin Moy, Managing Partner at Perpetual Wealth Capital, a multifamily real estate investing firm that lets everyday people invest passively in income-producing apartment buildings. Hey, investors. Welcome back to another episode of Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate. Today, I'm sitting down with Mike Morosky. Now, Mike, is a 30-plus year real estate investing veteran and has controlled at one point over $285 million in real estate. Now, Mike is an entrepreneur, author, real estate trainer and coach, public speaker, and personal coach with a strong personal resilience and deep desire to help others live an extraordinary life. He's coached hundreds of real estate investors to fulfill their dreams and has bounced back from some very unique obstacles, which we're going to get into in a little bit. Mike, we're excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Justin, I've been looking forward to this. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity and I'm honored to be here. I love to hear it. And I love that you're on because you have such a unique story. And when I heard it for the first time, I just knew more people had to hear it. So let's just dive right in. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you know, I've been in real estate for 30 years. I love the industry. I love the business. I love the space. And I really love multifamily. I was a real estate sales agent for a number of years. And prior to that, I had a construction company. And I just was burnt out. I woke up one morning, looked at my wife at the time and said, I can't do this anymore. You know, that typical entrepreneurial syndrome where you're doing all the sales calls, all the scheduling, and you're still working in the field, plus trying to do the bookkeeping late at night. And it just was a nightmare. And I burned out. Fortunately, I had somebody who was looking to buy my company and they were running around. And so I wound up selling my company. And when I sold it, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I took a year off and my wife and I house hacked at the time. Now, Justin, This is long before it was sexy or the thing to do, right? People do it now naturally, but back then, you know, it was kind of unheard of. But I've always believed success leaves clues. I heard Jim Rohn say years ago, success leaves clues, follow people successful and you'll be successful. And I wound up meeting a real estate agent who was extremely successful. And I went to him and I said, hey, can I shadow you? And he said, no. But he encouraged me to go in the business and he said, I'll make you a cassette tape. And so now I'm really dating myself because I don't think you could find anything to make a cassette tape on anymore. Not anymore. And I listened to that thing. I burned it out over and over and over again. But the fundamentals he taught me, I practiced them every day. I went in the sales business. I sold 78 houses my first nine months in the business went on to be REMAX Rookie of the Year that year. And I also built a team selling over 125 listings a year. And I did that consecutively for 12 years. And then in 2005, as I saw the market starting to shift and change, I knew I'd have to go do something different. So I decided to go in the apartment business. I went out and I raised $18 million. I bought $60 million worth of real estate. It was about 4,000 apartments in five markets. 
And I did that in 30 months. Also vertically integrated a property management company where we were managing about 7,500 doors. So I built a company that was pretty close to $100 million in value. I got to 2008 and it was like hitting a brick wall in a freight train. Because I had grown so fast and was unstable as a company, we wound up starting to come off the rails and unravel. And as that happened, I found myself wondering what I was going to do. Fast forward 2010, and I couldn't pay my bills anymore because occupancies and apartments had dropped and I was undercapitalized and I was over leveraged as a company. We had $60 million worth of real estate at 85% loan to value. <laughs> I don't know who was worse, me for taking the money or the banks for giving it to me. But what wound up happening was I said, all right, I got to try and save this. I can't fail because I didn't want to go to my investors and say, hey, I made a mistake or there's problems. So what I did was I crafted a plan that we would take money from profitable companies, move it into non-profitable companies and try to keep everybody afloat and not let anybody get hurt. My accountant and my attorney both said, hey, it's okay to do that. Just leave a paper trail. And when the markets come back, and I thought the markets would come back. I had been involved in recessions in the past, and they usually last 17, 18 months. There's a 10, 12% correction in the market, but this thing lasted seven or eight years with a 40% correction in the market. And I'll tell you, I just got off a phone call with another guy who said, man, I still have not been able to get my head back in the game since 2010. Jeez. He goes, it just wrecked us. And so that's the kind of thing that happened. So I thought I could save all my investors. So I'm moving money back and forth. The problem was, Justin, I didn't disclose to my investors the movement of those funds. And as a result of that, I wound up being charged on wire fraud and mail fraud charges and got sentenced to 10 years in federal prison. So I got clipped at the kneecaps. You're still here. And that's such the unique aspect because... A lot of people run into a lot of challenges in this business, whether it's lack of capital or lack of motivation, inability to get started is a big one. But you have such a unique and such a large obstacle that takes a lot of people out forever, whether it's personally, motivationally in business. But you were able to come back from that challenge, a 10-year sentence, you know, that's unheard of. So how did you overcome that? You know, what did it take from you and how can others really draw from that and overcome whatever challenges that they're facing currently in their investing journey? Yeah. So the first thing I want to leave your listeners with is the fact that we cannot let our past define us. And I don't care if you've been to prison or you have a drug addiction or you had sexual abuse or physical abuse in your life or something has happened, but you got to look out the windshield. Don't look in the rearview mirror. You can't be dictated by what's happened in our past. I think too many people in our world walk around in this mentality of this mental prison that keeps us from moving forward, whether it's fear or whatever. Here's what I want to say. I went to prison 2013 and I walked around the first three weeks, Justin, wondering what the hell happened in my life. I always tell people, I say, I never flew private. I didn't have a boat. I didn't buy a big house. I didn't have a fancy car. I was the neighborhood baseball coach. I was home every night for dinner. My wife and I had a great marriage. We were best friends. And I got ripped from that to live in a 12 by 12 room with three men I didn't know, nor did I like. And I walked around in this daze. Thank God there were some good men around me that said, hey, you can make it through. A couple of whom are my best friends today. 
But I was in prison about 21 days and my wife said, I'm going to divorce you. And it wrecked me. And then the joke was take his shoelaces because we think he's going to hurt himself. So it had gotten pretty dark. I had gone from running marathons to being 35 pounds overweight. I hated myself and wondering, how am I going to get through today, much less 10 years? Well, we all have these defining moments in our life. And one of mine was I walked in the gym one day. I'm about six weeks in and I was just window shopping. I wasn't looking to buy anything. I think I was looking for somebody. And this guy walks over to me and he goes, hey, don't let these people beat you. All they want to do is take from you everything you've ever known everything you've ever valued. They can take your company, your real estate, your money. They can destroy your family. But what they can't take is who you are and what you're made of. They can't take what's helped you build those successful businesses in the past to build that $100 million company you had. You can get it all back. He said, look, start coming to my class every day. Start working out. You'll start to feel better, lose some weight. And he goes, you'll get back on your feet. And I don't know what it was, but something clicked for me. And I said, okay. And I started going to his class. I started working out. I wound up going to college. I got a four-year bachelor's degree in theology. I wrote two books. One is Exit Plan, Your Complete Guide to Multifamily Investing and Why You Need an Exit Plan Before You Buy. I'd love to give your listeners a copy at the end of the show, tell them how they can go get a copy of that. And I wrote two home study courses, one on real estate investing, one on property management. I wrote an ethics course. I taught real estate investing, property management, and ethics in prison for six years. How ironic, a federal inmate teaching ethics, right? (laughs) It's Um, part of that bounce back. Yeah, right. I was on an outreach program. I went into the community. I told my story like 40 times to small business owners and local college students. I met a professor from the University of Minnesota. He and I went off and we co-authored a paper together that got published in the Business Journal of Ethics, a case study on ethics. And today I'm back. I'm in the coaching and training business. I teach people how to build their real estate business systematically, not make the mistakes I made. And I just recently was approved by the SEC and have closed our first apartment deal in Tampa, Florida. I'm up in Chicago. And it's all a result of not letting my past define me. What a bounce back from one extreme to another extreme, back to the extreme, right? I mean, super, super successful and then everything taken away and now back in it, published and really have a lot of allocates that a lot of people would and should look up to your ability to really bounce back from those. I mean, you're so passionate about real estate and specifically multifamily and that energy just kind of oozes out of you. You can tell, I mean, you get excited to talk about it all the time and it's something that you surround yourself with and you even teach others now how to build the lifestyle that they want through real estate investing and specifically multifamily. So why multifamily? Why are you so passionate about that aspect? Especially since it sounds like you kind of had a poor experience by almost everybody's measure. Why do you continue to have that passion about multifamily real estate, especially when you've experienced a really long, strenuous downturn in the market? Boy, that's a great question. You know, all the podcasts I've been on, all the speaking events, I don't know that anybody's ever asked it like that. That's a great question. A couple of reasons. One is economies of scale. Because if you own a single family house, and this is a very simple thing, our markets right now, we're going to go into a downturn. I think that we're going to have a supply on the market again, and people aren't going to rent, and rent prices are going to be so high. 
here's the deal. If you own a single family house and nobody lives there, you're paying a mortgage payment out of your pocket. Whether it's a thousand or two thousand a month, it's painful. But if I own a multifamily deal and I'm 20% vacant, I can still pay my bills. I'm not coming out of pocket on it. So it's an economies of scale, right? Oh, that's great. I mean, I love what you said about the scale because that's something that really piqued my interest when I got into the multifamily space and actually made the investments vehicle safer, in my opinion, as opposed to the single family. A lot of people think multifamily is riskier, but I can't see that aspect of it because you have so much of that scale. Tell us about your book, Exit Plan. So I love to talk about people's books. Books have really created a different type of life for me, both personally and professionally. And so I loved always asking people about their books. So exit plan, tell us what it is, who should read it, what kind of value it has, you know, give us the overview there. Yeah. So I think the world should read it, to be honest with you. But I like what you said about books, because I've always been an advocate for books. You know, I probably have read 1500 books over the last 25 years. And I just believe there's so much value in other people's thoughts. So I wrote Exit Plan because I had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaching and training and books and tapes over the years. Great coaches, great trainers, and everybody always taught you how to find a deal, get in a deal, run a deal, but nobody ever teaches you how to get out. Nobody teaches you how to maximize your profit or when to exit. And I thought that there was a hole in the marketplace for that. So I wanted people to understand to go into the marketplace and to know that when you underwrite a deal and you look at it, plan for the exit from the minute you set foot on that property or you look at an offering on a property that what's my exit going to be? Where am I going to maximize my profit? A lot of times people think exit is just selling the deal and getting out. Well, I think there's other ways to exit. You can recapitalize, you can bring a partner in, you can exchange a deal. There's multiple ways. And I talk about that. I talk about a lot of different opportunities, options in the book. Any brand new investor going into the marketplace today that is looking to be a real estate investor, air quotes, right? Or a multifamily investor should read that book because I think that it brings value in any type of real estate investing you're doing to how do we look at deals? What do we have yeah. to plan for along the way? What do we have to plan for when we're there? Where and how do I maximize the most profit yeah. potential? Yeah. How do you see exit plans adjust given the lending landscape of things? Because right now, interest rates historically low. A lot of people are using bridge loans with interest only for a little bit and planning on refinancing in a couple of years, which I have my own personal thoughts about that strategy. But how does lending kind of impact that? And what about today's market where we know rates are going to go up? Does that impact your exit strategy or what other factors do you look at when you're planning that exit? Well, it starts just in when you're planning the purchase. That's where it has to start. I'll give you a great example. I'm in Dallas one time, I'm touring some properties and I get a phone call from a broker and the broker says, Hey, I got this deal. It always causes me to pause a little bit because every broker's got a great deal. He's trying to sell a deal. <laughs> but he starts talking about this and I go, man, this might be a good deal. But picture this. I pull up to this property. It's 289 units. I pull up and the front gate is rusted closed. So only one car can go through at a time. So a guy comes out, a guy goes in, a guy comes out, a guy goes in. There's a water feature that's grown over, not running. The flags are tattered. The poles are tilted. And I'm just looking at the curb appeal going, man, this thing's a dog. Yeah. And I pull in and the pool is empty and the barbecue's 
around the pulpit are kind of just all bent over and rusty and looks terrible. There's a movie theater that doesn't work and the office is kind of dingy and run down. And I find out that there's 24 physical vacancies, 289 units. That's not bad. 24 physical vacancies. But then I find out that there's 52 uninhabitable units. So now I got 76 or 78 vacant units. And I go, man, why? So they're uninhabitable because the owner has stripped anything from those units to keep the other ones running so they don't have to spend any money because their rents are all so low. So I walk in and I smell money from the time I get in. So I look through this deal. I walk the property. I wind up in a coffee shop on the back of a cocktail napkin. I'm writing down some numbers and I'm planning what I have to do. You know, I have enough of a construction background that I can think those numbers through. I can think through the rent increases because I know the market well and say, well, this is 100 to 150 below market on the rent, but I have to add 20,000 a unit in order to bring the value up. So I know if I put a million two into this thing, that now I've added a million eight in value over the first two years. I've increased the cash flow. I've increased the curb appeal. I've added value to the neighborhood. So now I'm not just adding value to the property, but to the stakeholders, the people around me, the small local business guy who now is going to have more people in the area to come in and buy a gallon of milk or put gas in the car. So there's a lot of things that you look at when you look at a multifamily deal from a standpoint of how do we add value and what do we do? So I knew I could increase the value. So now I'm thinking, okay, so I buy this, I add this value, I sit in it for about three years, I could sell out of it at a higher profit potential. I want, we didn't buy that deal, we got outbid in negotiations, but there's deals like that out there today. And most investors will run from them because they're afraid of them. I see value and I see potential and opportunity. And we're looking at deals like that today. Yeah. So starting with that exit strategy in mind, I mean, you knew what it was and you knew where you'd get the most profit because you could also, I mean, rehab it, then hold it. And if cash flow is a game, then that's also an exit strategy. Or if you want that big equity multiple and exchanging something else, that's also that. So I love the book. I totally agree with you in the marketplace for investors. There's a lot about getting your deal not much about after, you know, asset management, construction management, exiting, exchanging taxes. There's just not as much of that, just less sexy than getting the first. So exit plan, how can listeners get a copy? We're going to put a link in the show notes. Is that the best way or is there a URL? You can go right to my website at mycoreintentions.com forward slash exit plan and download a free copy. If you're like me and you like to read a book, you'll have to go to Amazon. But I'm the kind of guy I like a book because I can highlight and write in the margin, dog ear the pages, put a sticky note and say, I need to come back and look at this at some other time. I'm an active reader like that. But if you're somebody who just likes an ebook or just wants to print a copy, feel free to do that. And you can get that at my website. Perfect. So we're going to put links in the show notes, listeners. So however you want to consume that content, totally up to you. I personally like the physical books as well, a quick and easy on-demand ebook available for you there. And while you're in the show notes, downloading that free ebook, remember to download our free ebook, the definitive guide to building generational wealth and passive cash flow through multifamily real estate. We don't have an Amazon version, just the ebook version. So go over there and get that. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show and listeners. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes of your day with us. 